Hey, freaks, it's Phil, and we got a great guest from CBS Sunday Morning. He's also an author of a fun new climate book. David Pogue joins us. My outline is just every single way that I could think of that you can adapt to the climate crisis. So where to live, what to grow, how to insure, where to invest, um, how to talk to your kids, uh, and then, you know, individual chapters on, you know, fire, flood, hurricane, tornado, ticks and mosquitoes, and, and so on. And we'll share our hashtag weatherfools WX resources, and we're gonna play a forbidden clip in our wasted weather segment. Going green. Greenage. Saddle now. You got it, boss. weather podcast this is the award-winning stormfront freaks podcast it's brought to you by the atmosphere weather app the forecast like you've never seen before download atmosphere weather right now from your app store uh hey we also want to shout out to our patreon members uh like dan and timothy who have been supporting the show now for the last four months and joining us live with our guests uh, we're introducing an exclusive T-shirt for them this month. You can also join us, and you can get all the extras at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. But before we get to our guest tonight, uh, let's see which of our co-hosts are joining us at the bar. Uh, it's always happy hour when we record, so we got to find out what everybody's drinking tonight. And Dina, I'm going to start with you. What are you drinking tonight? And I'm boring tonight, just I'm getting over a bug or something. It's the first time I'm not drinking alcohol. It's just tea. I don't know. Is that COVID Aww. tea? No, I'm not. Co- I know. Right. I cough once. My kid's like, COVID. I'm like, Stop <laughs> saying that. Stop saying that. All right. MJ up in Minnesota. What are you drinking? All right. I'm back to my favorite beer, Northeast from Grain Belt. Nice. That's your favorite, huh? It. Yeah, it's one of them. Very good. All right. Jen down in Atlanta. Um, it must be an Atlanta bug because I'm also not feeling very no. well, but like I drink anyway, um, but I've got my mama bear mug of hot chocolate. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Nice choice. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Gre- now, Greg, you're up in Canada. I hope you're drinking something hard tonight. Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm actually, uh, I am drinking. Um, I actually call this the, uh, MTG. This is the, uh, Marjorie, uh, Taylor green. So this is uh, two parts Russian vodka. Uh, I've got some. I got some grape Kool Aid, and uh, you know the thing about this is, if you drink this, you will believe any. Sh- that you I hear. love that. <laughs> wow, that Greg. Is the best drink on this show all tonight. Right? You win. Yeah, that's a truly great joke. Yeah, wow. yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good. Stuff. I wrote that myself, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we are excited to have back uh, uh, to our group. Uh, Serena Arnold is back with us tonight and joining us on the team. Serena, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I have brought a beer called Death Sauce, and it is a painkiller tiki sour. Um, Since we're going to be talking about preparing for climate, warmer climates, I'm sipping my cocktail, my tropical cocktail. Way to represent the ladies because we we showed up with no alcohol. You let me down. No, it's okay. I actually kind of wish I had the hot chocolate. Now that sounds really good because it's cold here. I'm in New England. It's cold. Oh, my gosh. And it's dark chocolate, like hot chocolate. It's It's even better. Yeah, it's rich. Oh, my God. It's very good. All right. Well, well, Jen, let's go ahead and get to our guest. All right. So, um, 
David Pogue, I'm so excited he's here. He is a New York Times contributor, host of 20 science specials on PBS Nova, and the five-time Emmy award-winning technology and science correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning. And he recently released a new book, How to Prepare for Climate Change. So David, welcome to the show, uh, the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. And what I would love actually to hear from you is uh, with everything that's been going on with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of changes in the climate. And I would love to hear from you. What are the most significant ones we've seen? And maybe how can we learn from what we're currently going through uh, to help make it a better atmosphere and climate in the future? Oh, wow. Well, I, <clears throat> I feel a little sheepish addressing an august group of meteorologically oriented uh, co-hosts. But <laughs> uh, as you know, last year was quite an award winner in the climate and weather department, uh, tied for the hottest year ever recorded, uh, hottest single temperature ever recorded on Earth, 130 degrees in Death Valley. Um, so many hurricanes, they had to exhaust the alphabetical list of men and women's names and go into the Greek alphabet. Um, hottest temperature you ever recorded in Siberia, 101 degrees in freaking Siberia. Oh my so God. It was, uh, I mean, this, this book, How to Prepare for Climate Change, was supposed to come out in August. And the okay. publisher held it up because they felt that the public would have what they tactfully called crisis fatigue <laughs> with, with COVID and all that. So they held it up until uh, last week and thinking that for sure the pandemic would be over <laughs> by uh, January yeah. 2021. Oh, yeah. um, so it wasn't, but at least we had a, a new president elected who seemed to put climate change at the top of his list of priorities. So things are a little calmer uh, in the multiple crisis area. But but yeah, the, the climate stuff didn't go away, as you all well know, last year. Um, mm -hmm kept setting new records. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of eyebrows raised around here. So I have hey. another question. Oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask, um, when I was reading through the book, uh, and thanks for sending the the, the, the pre-copy thing or whatever we got. What do you guys call that? What do you, what do you call the... Uh, the yeah, uncorrected yeah. proof. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but there was one part that really struck me, and it made me think about my kids, because I, uh, I got the teenagers, and you really nicely went into the, the, the psychology part of what's going on with uh, climate change. And you talked about pre-traumatic stress and like I remember growing up uh, being in high school in the 1980s yes I am that old and um, you know our pre-traumatic stress was all around nuclear war right like yes. kids, right do you remember that part. like yeah. everybody was we were all one day away from a nuclear disaster totally and that that really sure. impacted us as we were growing up and my kids are living that now that pre-traumatic stress around climate change. Um, but I see it as a real positive in their case because they're making real positive change. And I thought it was really interesting that you included in the book. What, what made that happen, uh, including that psychology into the book? I mean, the, the, the premise of how to prepare for climate change is that, I, I don't know about you, but everything I've ever read about how we deal with climate change has been mitigation. You know, fly less, buy an electric car, eat less red meat, you know, and on and on. And 
you know, very important, super important. We need to keep doing it. But, you know, climate scientists also talk about adaptation and nothing, nothing has been written about that in terms of what individuals or families can do. It's all, I mean, governments and industries are adapting, building seawalls and stuff like that. But, but what can individuals do? So to answer your question, my, my outline is just every single way that I could think of that you can adapt to the climate crisis. So where to live, what to grow, how to insure, where to invest, um, how to talk to your kids, uh, and then, you know, individual chapters on, you know, fire, flood, hurricane, tornado, ticks and mosquitoes and, and so on. So, and, and I should point out that I'm not an expert on any of those things. In fact, I, I wasn't even an expert on climate change when I started this adventure, but I'm sort of a, I'm sort of known as a science reporter and an explainer. So the whole thing is based on expert interviews and reading a lot of papers. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the job was to synthesize and, and present it for a, a general audience. So for kids, you know, I have three, three teenagers also and or even older. Um, and my instinct has always been shield them from bad news. Protect the children. They mustn't know. And the child psychologists I interviewed said that's that's dead wrong, dude. Like your kids know about climate change. They hear it from their friends. They see it on YouTube. If you try to sugarcoat it or minimize it, they're going to wonder what's wrong with you or why you're trying to hide something that's even worse than they've heard. So yeah, so the, 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 the party line among psychologists is be frank, be open, give them the good news too, you know, that the greatest minds in the world are working on it. We've just elected a new president, blah, blah, blah. And I will always be here with you, but don't sugar it. So what what was your David? What was your take on on putting the book together? Because it, I I equated a little bit to like your how to survive a zombie apocalypse kind of <laughs> where it's fun. Like it's not silly like that, but it, it's a fun way to because you could easily do a climate change book and just bore the crap out of people. Oh yeah, and and it really is kind of fun. It's kind of like how to survive that climate climate change apocalypse, and it's a actually interesting because two weeks ago. We our last show, we did a watch party of the day after tomorrow. I heard that. You know the 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 climate change in seven days uh, movie, yeah. but yeah. but so I I kind of thought that you know this is really kind of, would be kind of a, a fun, uh, but but real, uh, a, like something to to have with the movie. Like here's your how to survive the day after tomorrow, but real. Kind of stuff. So, what what was your take on why you put it together that way, Phil? I gotta say, you asked before we started, "How's the book tour going?" And I'm gonna kudos to you, dude. <laughs> Not a single person has remarked on the tone of the writing, on the on the jokes, on the humor. My my uh, my editor calls this the first uplifting book about climate change. <laughs> and, oh, nice! <laughs> right. And I, what what she meant is that um, you know the the cause of depression is not you feel like you're in a bad situation. It's you feel you're like you're in a bad situation that you can't change. Right. right? So anything yeah. where you can take action against what's getting you down, uh, where you feel like you have some control makes you feel better. So that's, that's why the slant, that's why it's got an entertainment quotient. And that's why there's a, a strong current of, of hope and why preparing now will make you sleep better at night. David, getting, I got a quick question no, for you, too. Go ahead, Dina. Sorry. Um, you know, that's because we have a lot of questions for you, David. But playing <laughs> off that, I, be, I was wanting to ask you, you know, I, 
I'm the average American family, married, two kids, two pets, two cars. What are the top maybe three things that we could mm. do to help climate change? Like I know, you know, turn off the water, turn off the elect, turn off the lights, you know, but some things are kind of expensive. Like I think it's pretty expensive to go get solar panels. So what are some things average families, average people just can do every day to help? So to, to fight climate change or to prepare for, for climate fight change? Fight climate change. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, um, the, the biggest chunk of effect that you can have is your diet. Um, I was really? astounded at the wow. statistics about how much cattle we eat. I'm in screwed. I'm yeah. so screwed. Sorry. <laughs> One so the vegetarians third. are helping us more? Yes, for sure. Okay. One third of the Earth's non-frozen surface is cattle grazing land. A third of it. And wow. these cows, they are just greenhouse gas factories. I, I had to stop and read this white paper three times. One cow burps and farts out 12 gallons of methane what? an hour. What? Oh, oh my God. One cow. And methane, as you guys all know, is 80 times worse than carbon dioxide as a climate gas. So, uh, yeah, oh one cow, and there's 300 million of them. So it's it's a serious problem. So even if you don't, like, cut out red meat entirely, even if you, like, like uh, I talked to this guy, Diego Rose, he's a pref professor of food science at, at Tulane, and he's like, even if you think about making your beef not the the center of the plate with, with decorations of other foods around it, flip that flip that make it make it pieces of meat in your noodles or pieces of meat on your salad or in the rice or whatever flip it around so that's not the main thing of the dish so and and a lot of chefs are also working on this problem in the same way they're they're not eliminating beef but they are radically scaling it back aren't they growing meat in labs now they are uh, well there's there's two categories there's the non beef non meat beef like impossible burgers and beyond burgers which i yeah. personally love they are so i've good. had them they're pretty decent actually yeah impossible burgers especially but but they are are growing meat in labs like real muscle meat um grown yeah. from stem cells without ever raising an animal it's still it's something what did i read twelve hundred dollars per hamburger so they oh need God. to get the price down a little <laughs> but it's a really oh cool God. prospect yeah, I mean, I love that. none of the downsides. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So I've got a question, David, when it comes to like even bringing up the topic of climate change, I think people shy away from it because it's so politicized. It's polarizing and people are like, I just don't want to hear about it because you're going to try and push an agenda or something on me. How how do you talk about it with your family and your friends in a way that makes them aware and want to change? You know, some people are like, there's nothing I can do. I mean, we're doomed. Yeah. How do you flip that. Ah, the, the, the Thanksgiving dinner question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uncle Bob. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's a lot I looked into about how you talk to deniers, which is an interesting topic all by itself. Um, it turns out that, um, as, as, as one eco-therapist told me, um, you can't change somebody's mind with facts and statistics whose opinion wasn't formed by facts and statistics. And so that's Amen. why yep. berating a, somebody who disagrees with you with numbers and statistics. Studies have shown it doesn't just not work. 
it actually works backwards. They retrench, they, they dig in. So the way you talk to somebody is, as with anything, with empathy, with examples, with an emotional connection. So if you, for example, are the person who's worried about climate change, you would talk about, you know, your uncle in Nebraska whose farm got flooded last year and he was able to raise nothing or, you know, how your kid can't sleep at night because she's worried about what she heard about the future. You talk about the emotional stakes and you listen, you know, you listen to what the other person has to say. It, it turns out, I, I'm amazed that no one else has, has talked about this. What is a climate denier? Is it someone who says, the climate is not changing. Like, I don't think those people exist, right? You can't, you can't look out the window. You can't look at a headline without seeing that this is different from what we grew up with. I think what yeah. people are usually talking about is, is the climate changing from man-made activities versus is this a natural yeah. cycle? And that's actually also a, a shrinking number. The latest poll says that about a third of Americans are now in that category, but that's the smallest number ever measured. It's dropping like 5% a year. So seems like pretty soon we'll be on the same page. That's I love good. that. One of, one of my favorite quotes is you can't change what someone um, thinks until you change what they believe. And so that kind of ties into that, right? You've got to dig down deep into, you know, how did they form that opinion? The only reason you're going to get that by listening. That totally makes sense. That's fantastic. And and while we're talking about climate fortune cookies, uh, my, <laughs> my, my, my other favorite one is on, on this exact to topic, talking to people who disagree with you, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. Like okay. That's a good one. And, and one That's of the things I have to say one. that when I was reading through this that I love so much is this isn't just a prepare for climate change book. This is like a prepare for life book. I think COVID really brought to light how a lot of this stuff is actually possible. I think had I read this a year ago, I'd have said, wow, this is kind of like doomsday prepper, a little far-fetched. Reading through this book today, I was like, this is legit. Like I, we've done some of these things in a post-COVID world. So, um, And you know what's crazy really about that, that, Serena, is that people said it couldn't be done and then COVID hit, and three weeks later, we were able to implement these things, right? It's it's crazy. Like, you just have to have the the there just has to be political will. That's all it is. It's, yes, that's all it is. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, I have another question for you. I read the other day there was like news about General Motors um, plans to completely phase mm. out vehicles uh, with internal combustion engines by twenty thirty five. So I'm curious, like if we, how big of a difference have you looked at any studies? So that's what 14, almost 14, 15 years we've got to switch our cars over. I'm curious, like how big of a difference you think that would make? So uh, in the United States, transportation is the number one climate change gas producer. So if we could all switch to electric cars, if a lot of us could change to electric cars, uh, then we'd have a lot more fun because those, <laughs> those cars are fantastic. Two years ago, I bought the Tesla Model 3, the cheap one. It's, it's now, I think, 37 grand or something. But it is so much fun to you drive. Love it, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> zero to 60 in, you know, four seconds. And, um, you know, when some somebody's being a jerk to you on the road, you, you just leave them in the dust. Anyway, 
this is neither here nor there. Um, but they also, you know, I also haven't bought gas or burned gas in two years. Um, so I think uh, all the car companies switching over. And I think I think a lot of other car companies that haven't already announced that they're going all electric will very soon in the wake of General Motors, which you're right. I mean, that was like a brain blower. General Motors, the most calcified old school, you know, just grandfatherly car company taken the lead. Uh, just absolutely mind blowing. It, it's by the way, not necessarily that these car companies are such good stewards of the planet and yeah. altruistic. It's because 14 countries and California have all announced that they won't allow gas cars anymore. So the world is changing. The markets are changing. These car companies all want to sell cars all over the world. So the writing's kind of on the wall. David, I want to know something. I was a little bit offended uh, in the latter part of your book. Um, <laughs> you, you, you got into a discussion about where people are going to live and the migration of humans, particularly in North America. Now, <clears throat> I'm not saying that, you know, up here in Canada, that we don't want more of you Americans moving up this way, but you made it pretty damn clear in your book that, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest and, uh, you know, those central plain states and stuff. Hey, I mean, that's, that's where we're, that's where people are going to be moving, where the, where the water is and, and where the climate will be, uh, you know, not as hot and, and, you know, awful as the South will be. Um, like, I don't know, David, like, <laughs> You, you may make our life hell up here. I'll tell you what, Griggles, I'm even more offended because I would have moved to Canada if I could have during the last four years. You guys won't let us in. Yeah, we blocked the border. We put up this big wall, 30 big foot wall. high wall. That's awesome. Well played, David. Well played. Well done. Well, hey, I, I want to let everybody know. I, I don't know if you're ready for a more inclusive daily weather app. But searching the wealth of weather apps for something you can trust and the features you need has become impossible. But the Atmosphere Weather app, it's the official weather app of the Stormfront Freaks podcast and has the daily weather features that you're looking for. Atmosphere Weather's unique difference is it shows the weather forecast around a 24-hour clock. Hourly temp, sky cover, and precipitation, boom! They got it. You want live radar, current temperature, feels like temp, pressure, Wind speed, yep, it's all on the same screen. And with the swipe of a finger, you can you can use whatever finger you want, but with the swipe of a finger, you can get your hourly forecasted humidity, wind speed, and dew point spread. So it's become my go-to daily weather app, and I guarantee you if you try it, it's, it's going to become yours too. Uh, but the Atmosphere Weather, it's uh, available on iOS and Android. Just visit your app store and download Atmosphere Weather for free. Um, it's time for us to go ahead and take a little break. Uh, we got a little tracker chat talking about chasing on a budget. And uh, we'll be right back with David and the lightning round. So stay tuned. Welcome to Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Today, we want to talk about uh, chasing on a budget, the, the reality of chasing being a hobby and 
having limited resources to fund that hobby. We've all been there. Um, so Gabe Cox, what uh, stands out to you as the most important things when thinking of chasing on a budget? Uh, yeah, there are. I mean, there's several things. Um, one of the biggest things for me, and this is thanks to my wife, who is in charge of our budget, uh, is packing food instead of eating out. We have a Costco card. And so if I know I'm going to have several days in a row, we'll swing over to Costco and I'll buy bulk items like peanut butter uh, and crackers or uh, cans of tuna. If you can stomach it, I love tuna. Apologies to everyone else in the car, but that's a nice cheap way to eat. Um, And then buying gallons of water as opposed to, you know, buying drinks on the road. That has helped me keep my chasing budget way down. Because if you look, if you look at uh, your receipts at the end of a trip and you see how much is just designated to food and eating out, there's a huge chunk of money that goes just to that. So there, there are ways to do it. You're not going to eat like a king on the road. If you do it that way, you're going to have tuna sandwiches for three, four, or five days straight. But if, if you are looking for a way to save money, that has absolutely been a huge way for me to uh, cut corners on our budget. Yeah, absolutely. Food is is such a high cost on, I feel like, most families' budgets uh, everywhere. So that's that's great. That's really mindful. And just kind of maybe think of food as fuel for a couple days rather than (laughs) uh, pleasure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, what about you? What what do you think of when you're trying to keep the the dollars low while chasing? So uh, one of the things we've we've, um, started doing quite often on multiple chase days in a row is um, most of the time sleeping in our cars overnight, and uh, it is not comfortable. Um, so it means packing some things that'll make that as comfortable as possible. Um, pillow, blanket, um, you know, some headphones, you can have some noise-canceling kind of apps, something like that. I'm kind of thinking ahead of time. Uh, we typically find a hotel or uh, a really safe um, environment and, and parking lot, and and try to something with a little bit of light, but not too much where it's in your eyes. And we uh, like the shady spots. We like the shady spots. Um, that is disturbing and true. And so uh, we, um, we will spend at least if it's a three day trip, we'll do that for a couple of nights. I think one of the things with that doesn't mean that every night you got to do that. Uh, we've, we found that on, on different chases, hurricanes, um, uh, chasing tornadoes. We've, we've kind of just hit this place where we're thinking, man, we need a good place to sleep solid uh, tonight. So um, we just try to do the best we can to um, minimize how often we're spending money on hotels and sleep in the car. It's a, it's a stark reality for sure. Oh, thanks for that, Jeff. The, the, the thing I think of when, when uh, chasing on a budget is just use what gear you have already. You know, don't, don't think that you need to, to kit out everything for a couple grand or something to, to be able to get uh, on the road. Um, I, I hit this drum all the time, but our smartphones are incredible devices uh with really good cameras and they shoot amazing video and are like stabilized and all these amazing things so just use your phone to shoot use that you know use a digital camera if you have it um, bring that to, to try it out and go on a few chases before you decide if you want to buy any new gear really kind of feel out what you actually need uh rather than maybe making a, a rash purchase but uh, I'd say use that use that smartphone and, and and really kind of push its capabilities and see what you can do with it. Uh, anything else, guys, that you can think of 
of how to save money while chasing storms? Yeah. Um, I, this is a tough one. Um, <clears throat> it's hard for everybody. Uh, but if you are really on a budget, don't chase everything, especially early on in the season. Um, you know, as we're recording this episode, it's April. Um, and it's very tempting to want to chase everything, but we got the peak of the season coming up and, um, really not until mid to late May is when things really fire. So right now it's really tempting to see a slight risk and say, yeah, let's go for it. You know, something might happen. Um, but you got to be mindful of the rest of the spring and the better chances that are coming. It's hard. It's always a gamble because you might pass something up and it might be the storm of the year, but. Um, this is where forecasting comes into play and and really working on your skills to forecast to know like this setup just doesn't have all the ingredients that I'm looking for to go out. So I'm going to sit this one out and save that money for the next one. Thanks guys. Uh, some, some great uh, wisdom on chasing on a budget and yeah, just remember that part of storm chasing, you know, if you're out there doing on a budget is, is a little uncomfortable, a little, a little painful at times, but, uh, we get through it and get back home. All right. Well, this has been Tracker Chat, the podcast within a podcast. Thank you to uh, the Stormfront Freaks guys for allowing us on uh, their show. You can find us everywhere on social media at Tornado Trackers. You can also find us at tornadotrackers.org. I have been Jeremy Heyman, and uh, I've been joined by Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're with CBS Sunday Morning's David Pogue, an author of How to Prepare for Climate Change. And and David, my my question to kind of start off here, our our second uh, segment, is I'm really interested to know, because climate change is not an overly sexy topic. And I'll, I'll be honest, we have avoided that topic like a plague in this podcast. Wow. Uh, just, you know, we get into storms and, and, and all that fun, sexy stuff, right? And, and climate change, we already talked about, it's polarizing. Uh, it's not overly sexy. So what was it that got you and your publisher to decide, you know what, let's write a 600-page fun book <laughs> on climate change because that's going to be a seller. I, I'm, I'm just curious kind of what went into that process. Because we said before, right, they could be really boring, if you don't do it right? Yeah, that's that's an incredibly interesting question. Um, I'll, I'll reveal a little secret to you. This book was not my idea. I actually pitched a different book to Simon & Schuster, and they're like, yeah, 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 we like that. We'll do that second. But first, <laughs> we want to lay this idea we've had on you. Wow. Like, what? What, and, what was the first idea first? What was that? Uh, it's really cool. It's it's my next book, it, it, yet untitled. But the basic basic idea is, it takes everybody's modern anxieties from asteroids to Zika, as the subtitle goes, and addresses scientifically how much you need to worry about them. Like some things you're over worrying about, mm-hmm. like plane travel, forget it, you're fine. Sure. And some <laughs> things you're not worrying enough about, like skin cancer, which you know dwarfs all other cancers combined. But now I just gave away my great idea. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but, she, but my editor, Priscilla Payton said, so here's the idea, ready? How to prepare for climate change. Not one word of that has changed. I said, oh my God, it could be like where to live, how to insure, how to invest, what to grow, how to strengthen your house. I mean, I literally blurted out the outline exactly as it wound up. So, I mean, I think the the simple answer is that 
climate change causes a lot of anxiety. There's growing cases of eco despair and kids who can't sleep at night and all that. And it's because we feel like we can't do anything about it. I mean, even in the mitigation side, oh, really? Change your light bulbs to LEDs. Like, nice dent you've made in the problem, right? You, you feel like you can't do anything. But these are all things that you can do, and you will feel more resilient when bad stuff comes to pass. And you will even sleep better <clears throat> if bad things don't come to pass, because knowing that you're ready makes you sleep better at night. I love yeah, I mean, that. I remember reading that. You said preparing, you know, the storm it makes is better on your mental health. You have quicker recoveries from illnesses and all that. Just just having been prepared, just knowing that you have a plan, you're able to handle it better. And you, I think you used some examples in Houston um, to kind of drive that point home. Yeah, that was the coolest study. Sarah Kroneski, who's a professor, had done this study many years earlier in Houston, she'd pulled a bunch of people and said, what mitigation steps, what resilient steps have you taken to prepare your home? Do you have a go bag? Have you reinforced your windows? Is your garage, you know, barred and so on. And then later when the big hurricanes hit, she followed up with these people and she found out that not only did the people who earlier in the earlier survey said that they had taken some steps to be more resilient. Not only did they ride out the storms better, of course, less damage to the house, less uh, less cost to the damage, but also to her surprise, they also reported less post-traumatic stress, uh, less children crying at night. Um, you know, they, they wrote it out better mentally because they had taken these physical steps. So I thought that was a really cool study that kind of fell into her lap. Yeah, agreed. And, and just sort of a follow-up to that, you know, so they're making doing all these mitigation efforts, right? But like mitigation and prevention, that's not cheap, right? Like that can be really, really expensive stuff, you know, looking at like flood defense systems for homes and all that. How do you, how do you make that work out? How do you bring that within costs so people can be prepared and they can be healthier and happier when these things happen? I mean, this, this isn't a small chunk of change. Yeah, th this was kind of like a dark side of this idea is I didn't want this to be Things rich people can do to protect themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because as, as everyone on this call and on this podcast knows very well, uh, the climate crisis disproportionately hits people of color and people in poorer communities for a lot of really interesting reasons that I didn't even realize when I started writing the book. You know, redlining in the 50s and um, the fact that a lot of communities are on low-lying land in industrial areas along the Gulf Coast, things like that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to use brains rather than dollars. And among the, the top tips that I give from the book, the, the first one that every single person should do right now after you've downloaded Atmosphere Weather app, <laughs> the, next one, <laughs> the next one you should download is the American Red Cross app just called Emergency. Very cool app. You put in your address, your parents' address, your grandchildren's address, your workplace, and then you can forget about the app. Put it in a folder on your phone. Don't think about it again. But the app is continually monitoring all the ch channels, all the sources for extreme weather events and even disasters like, you know, uh, fuel spills and nuclear power disasters and things like that. And the, the app will give you early warning. So you're not what keeps happening in these wildfires and hurricanes where people don't get notified. They didn't have their radio on and they died in their homes. So it won't happen to you or the people you care about. So 
totally free. It takes you three minutes. You can do it right now, and it, it could save your life one day. And another thing that um, I was really surprised to find out is has to do with insurance. <laughs> I know, I know, fifty percent of your audience just switched to a different podcast. <laughs> I work in insurance, like with insurance, so I. Oh, yeah. do you? <laughs> yeah. But um, but I I I got so into insurance. I spent all last summer talking to insurance people. <laughs> my my wife. That is the-, the nerdiest sentence ever spoken. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, my wife says I'm a real gas at parties. <laughs> Did you know that the National Flood Insurance Program is in debt twenty five billion dollars? Anyway. Um, is it really? Yeah, it is really. The hurricane <laughs> wiped out FEMA's uh, flood insurance program. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it turns out that you might have homeowners insurance, but I bet a lot of people don't know that flooding is not included mm-hmm. in anybody's homeowners insurance. It is for everybody a separate purchase, and there aren't any her- any insurance companies left who are willing to insure for flood insurance. So that's why the government in the '70s stepped in with this. National Flood Insurance Program, the one I like talking about. Um, And they said, here's the deal. If you live in a flood zone, you can't get a mortgage without our government flood insurance, because that's how stupid we think you are. Wow. Wow. And so the beautiful thing about that is that the government is sort of shifting and shaping where people can live because they won't they won't give you the insurance if you're setting up shop in a, in a terrible place. And what's the estimate, David, on how many Americans live in those uh, flood-prone areas? Oh, my God. Thank you. The wow, checks in the mail for asking that question. This is my favorite stat. Are you ready? Ready. Yes. 50% of Americans <gasps> live in coastal communities, 50%. And wow. 18% of people who live in flood zones have flood insurance. 18%. Wow. The rest of them are sitting ducks. And in this era, I mean, look, this, as you've said before, the wildfires, the hurricanes, this is not a freak thing that keeps happening every year. This is the thing that's going to happen every year. God, you don't, you really don't want to rely on a GoFundMe page, uh, (laughs) you know, know, like really that's, that's not insurance, right? That's right. I mean, this stuff is coming. Why wouldn't you? Get yourself ready. You don't know when it's coming, but you know it's coming. You know what, David? That makes me feel better because one of the top things I tell anyone looking for a house is check to see if you're in a floodplain and what floods have happened in that area in the past 100 years. I tell them to check that. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. I'm like, yeah, well, you don't want to be caught off guard and, you know, have to pay or replace your house or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you sh- your your listeners should Google this uh, this really cool website made by Climate Central called Surging Seas. It's not surgingseas.com, but if you Google it, you'll find the site. You can put in your address and it will show you a map of how much your neighborhood will be in underwater with one foot of sea level rise, with three feet of sea level rise, and so on. I mean, people say like, eh, three feet of sea level rise by 20, 2150, who cares? But you oh, got to remember... Yeah. One foot up is 500 feet inland. So that's like businesses and basements and your living room. Basically New York City. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, that's the sound. Uh, it is time for our lightning round. And so, David, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions uh, that we always play with our guests. And, and we always invite everybody else to play along as well. And our Patreon members that might be hanging out in the live chat, uh, feel free to join us. 
Uh, but tonight we're we're playing an oldie and oldie but goodie standard that we always go to, and this one uh, it's called "Weird Things That Humans Search For." <laughs> so weird things that humans search for, and so yeah, it's actually a card game. Uh, you you can buy this at Target, believe it or not. Uh, but so here's how we're gonna work. So you guys all have some paper. And uh, what, what I'm going to do is I've got three cards, so we're going to go through three different scenarios. And these are basically, I'm, I'm going to read a statement, but then there's going to be a blank at the end, right? Like someone search for how to blank. Um, and what it does is it basically takes the top 10 searchable or top 10 searched items. And, and your goal is to come up with at least one of those top 10 most searched items. And, and if you get in the top 10, you get two points. So write that down. And then you get a bonus. So this is kind of your, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I think it, it could be in the top 10, but you have a chance to get an additional point with your bonus answer. Okay? So That's you guys ready for this? And everybody's participating. We ready? So yeah. here's the first so one. Wait, it, wait, are we all participating individually or are we all ganging up on No, data? all all participating individually. <laughs> so you all write down, every one of you write down your your first answer that you think is in the top 10. And then you got your second answer is kind of a Hail Mary. This one might be in the top 10. And and realize these are, uh, these are you know, serious. Like some of these are like, really? People search that? Mm-hmm. They did. All right. So the first one. Do sumo wrestlers blank? So, so apparently people search sumo wrestlers, and they want to know: Do sumo wrestlers blank? So, what do you think is it one of the one of the most top ten searched items on sumo wrestlers? And then, what's your hail mary? Like, yeah, this one. People might ask this one. They might. And then I'm just gonna go around the horn. And uh, you guys tell me what you got. And if you get the first one right, if it's in the top 10, you get two points. And if you get the second, your bonus one is worth an additional point. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. So yeah. I'm going to start. Uh, I think I'm going to start up with Dina. I'm <laughs> going to start with you. What do sumo wrestlers search for? What's, what was your first response? Like measure their fat content. <laughs> do they measure their fat content? Um, I'm going to say, oh. do, do they have to be fat? I'm going to give you that. Do okay. sumo wrestlers yeah. have to be fat? I'm, I'm going to give you uh, two points for that one. And then what, what's your Hail Mary? Uh, do they reuse those like diaper pants things they wear? Are, like, are they reusable? Yeah, like after they're up the front deck. Yep, All no, right. that, that's, that, that was not searched <laughs> on a regular basis by people. All right, uh, MJ, I'm going over to you. What was your first thought? Sweat. Oh. Do they sweat? That's actually a pretty good one. Uh, but it's not not on the list. What was your what was your Hail Mary? Wear real clothes. <laughs> well, like do they do they have um, dress in real clothes? Or do they just always I'm I'm gonna give you wear underwear. Because that's uh-huh. real clothes. I'm gonna give you do sumo wrestlers wear underwear. I'm gonna give that to you. So that's a bonus. Bonus point for you. All right, Jen. I said wear diapers. Do they do they wear diapers? That's correct. Do sumo wrestlers wear diapers? That that is on there. So two points. What's your hail mary? Um, do they have to weigh a certain amount? Uh, do they have to weigh a certain amount? Um, 
You know what? I'm I'm going to give you, do they have to be fat? I'll give you that one. So extra bonus points. So you get three points on that one. All right, David, what, what do you think people are searching? What are they trying to figure out about sumo wrestlers? I know they're always really weird. So I had oil themselves up. Ooh. Oil them. That's mm. nice. That's that paints a pretty picture. <laughs> but that, that was not, not in the top 10. But did you have a Hail Mary? Yes, I did. Thinking again on how stupid the searches usually are, I said, wear clothes at home. Um, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the same wear underwear. Do they wear underwear? Because <laughs> some people might think they wear that strap everywhere they go. Uh, so I give you the bonus point there. All right, Greg. I'm not feeling confident here. Uh, do they <laughs> poop? Do they poop? That... Oh, interesting. I'm sure they do, but that just wasn't part of there's the search. A, uh, what's your everybody? And then I went down the clothes, uh, clothes one as well. Do they own clothes? Okay, I'll give you that wear underwear, so you get a bonus point. All right, Serena, what about you? So my first one was, do they have to watch their diet? Watch their diet. So I'm going to give you the have to be have to be fat. Do they have to be fat? And my hail mary was, do they chafe? but that is not on there so so here here was the top 10 do they have to be fat wear cups uh do they have to lift do sumo wrestlers have diabetes uh eat breakfast wear diapers do they get paid wear underwear take steroids and last but not least, do sumo wrestlers have testicles? Oh, why? <laughs> wow. I guess is, wow. is a question. Somebody searched for that. For that? I guess. <laughs> top 10, baby. That was yes. top 10. Wow. Multiple. All right. Here, here we go. Here's, uh, da, 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 da. here's the next one. And I'm, 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 I'm going to uh, spread it around just a little bit. MJ, do you have something? No. Okay. Here's the next one. Can a fart blank? So people are wondering, can a fart blank? And David, you talked about cow farts. So maybe people are looking that up, but uh, can a fart blank? Write down what you think was in the top 10 search and then a Hail Mary. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of spread it around and we'll get to the last card. And I'm, I'm going to start with uh, Greg. I'm going to start with you. Can a fart what? what? What do you think was in the top 10 of the search? Uh, can a fart make flame okay okay can a fart catch fire yeah yep. right so uh two points i think we all had that yeah we did <laughs> yes we do you on that one um, i feel like i've actually made that search before. Did, what was your hail mary i didn't have a hail mary but I'll, I'll i'll make one right now my hail mary will be uh uh can a fart uh uh stain your uh clothes not, not on there. Not, I think people know that. I don't think they have to search, right? They'll figure that one out. Um, I'm going to go over to Dina. I'm going to go to Dina on this one. Okay, so I had light a fire too. Okay, so and two points. The other one was can a fart not smell? Um, that, that's not. No, people aren't searching that one. I've uh, done research on that, Dina, and yes, yes, they cannot smell. Okay. All right, and then I'm going to go to Serena before I finish with David. All right, so I said ignite for the first one. Okay, so you get Fire. two points. And for my Hail Mary, be fatal. Ooh, Ooh. so can it, can, it, uh, can it kill you? Yeah. Yes, people wonder that. So you got another point. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. On the Hail Mary. Now you know what kind of people I associate with. Uh, David, funny. David, I will finish with you on this one. Uh, can a fart? What do you think people are searching on that? Uh, you're muted. <laughs> I'm sure it was good, though. I, I know I was muted, but both my answers were right. <laughs> okay. No, no, those were, in fact, my answers. Catch fire and kill you. Oh. Oh, wow. wow. Very good. All right. So three points for David. All right. We're going to go to the last one. Wait, Phil, I haven't gone. No, I know. I'm gonna. I said we're no. gonna move it around. I'm, I'll catch you on the last one. Oh, I see so, that. so this is really for MJ, Jen, and David. Get this last one. Okay. Is there a dating site for blank? <laughs> is there a dating site for blank? Uh, and and while you guys are writing that down, let me go through the top ten. Can a fart kill you? Catch fire? Become a burp? Freeze? Can a fart freeze? Get stuck? Knock you out, give you a UTI. Oh, wow. <laughs> make you sick, rip your underwear, oh, or w- wake you up. Oh, my. <laughs> yes, on the last oh. two for sure. <laughs> Personal experience. Those are hilarious. All right, so here we go. Let's, uh, I'm going to go to uh, MJ first on this one. Is there a dating site for what? Nerds. Ooh. Nerds. Ooh. Yes, people are looking for that, obviously. So two points on that one. What's your Hail Mary? Hey, is there a dating site for climate change deniers? <laughs> <laughs> Good, but not on there. Good, but not on there. All right, Jen, I'm going to go to you. Um, is there a dating site for weather geeks, meteorologists? <laughs> wow, you think people really search that? <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to give you nerds because we're, we're all a bunch of nerds anyway, yeah, right? Are, I'll give you yeah. nerds on that one. All right. What's the other one? What's okay, your Hail Mary? It's really weird. And I would not search this, but for animals? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's not. Tom the, dr- Tom the Giraffe, you can find well, him on a different site. Welcome to Stormfront Freaks, David. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dating sites. I know farmers da- do. David, I'm, I'm going to finish with you on this one. Is there a dating site for what? Asexuals. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy cow. How did you get that? That's amazing. All right. Uh, so that that's not even your Hail Mary. What was your Hail Mary? Hail Mary was dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah. That. Uh, what do we got here? We looks like uh, Serena and Jen finished with five, and uh, David and Dina finished with four. So well done. That's good. That was outstanding. So uh, David, great job on that. That that was very well done. So do this. Tell us how listeners can find you on social media, and and where can they buy the book. Sure thing. Uh, I'm Pogue, my last name, on uh, on Twitter. And uh, here's the thing. The book is available anywhere, Amazon, your independent bookstore. I can't sign it for you, but if you buy it and send me a picture of the receipt to my email, pogue at me.com, M-E, pogue at me.com, I will sign a sticker, a book plate, and mail it to you. So you can slap wow. it in the book. Awesome. That is That's cool. Awesome. That That so is very cool. cool. And I want people to know, too, that um, Simon & Schuster, the publisher, has actually provided us a copy of your new book uh, that we can give away. So we're going to give one of these away to one of our Patreon members. Uh, you can visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks for details on how you can join us and, and uh, get in on all the good stuff. So uh, thanks for doing that. 
Um, been a pleasure having you on. And, and also, I want to let everybody know, if you need a storm shirt for the spring, I mean, spring's right around the corner, uh, at wxshed.com. They have a huge selection of weather-themed merchandise, including Stormfront Freaks shirts, beverage containers, and stickers. Uh, just go to wxshed.com and click on the Brands tab to find all your favorite Stormfront Freaks favorites. So it's time for our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be on fire with some new hashtag WeatherFools, WX Resources, uh, and we also have the Dark Web. Uh, they provided us another wasted weather clip of a famous meteorologist. So you're going to love this. So stay tuned and find out who that is. This is meteorologist Meredith Garfalo, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the for Wasted Weather, and this is where, well, Phil goes and he scours the dark web and uh, he finds those little tidbits, those little slices from network meteorologists that, honestly, the networks just really don't want anybody to hear, right? Like, they've deleted (laughs) these little segments, and it's really because... You know, our, our, the, the weather personality, the person who's, who's broadcasting, well, they've maybe had a few drinks. And that's not, that's not something that's really acceptable in network television. And so they've, they've tried to delete these things. But Phil, boy, you've gone and you've, you've actually, like, do you know somebody that is able to find these bits? Like, what, Listen, how do you get no, them? we, we just, uh, sometimes we get listeners that send them in. Uh, it's not like I frequent the dark web. Um, right. maybe every once in a while, it's a hobby, little side hobby of mine, but, uh, tell you what, we found one, this is a gem that we found this week and Dina, you're going to like this, but we found a segment from Al Roker, right. uh, who, okay. who was doing, doing a forecast from home during the pandemic. And I guarantee you, he sounded like he, uh, he was in the bag on this one, <laughs> but, but you guys take a listen. If you know, Al Roker, fast talker, Al Roker. Uh, see what you think. All right. Can you believe this? I mean, all winter long, <laughs> no polar vortex. We get into the first week of May and boom, this boom. thing comes streaming down, <laughs> causing 75 million of us to have to deal with below freezing temperatures stretching from Minneapolis to Burlington all the way down to Johnson City. Boy, he must have been really loaded. And look at these temperatures. 75 million people (laughs) below freezing. Look at some of these wind chills. It's going to feel like 30 in Chicago Saturday morning. Atlanta. He's like running out of breath. 36 degrees. Numerous record lows happening. So now We've got all that. Now, Dina, you know he's pretty fast talking, dude. Add to that a storm developing in the Northeast. This could be. You know, he knows he gets like, what, 20 seconds or 30 seconds for a spot? As it pushes in 
Friday night, we're looking at a like lot of rain. As it hits that, those up like, like this, the producers, the producers, like air, either saying stretch it out or he's like snow. wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> right. Come on now. No, inland. <laughs> and then by Saturday morning, it pulls away, leaving behind wow. in its wake cold temperatures. How, I know. How long did you work with? How, how many years did you work intermittent with? Intermittent snow showers. Look years. at some of these these snowfall amounts. I feel we like, like right now the producers are really upset that he's taking so long to get through this. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if they might have even Northern cut him off and he doesn't realize it and he's still in, talking in and that's why they they discarded this. It doesn't sound like him. No, I've never, like, I've heard him off air. I've heard him on his mic. Maybe even three inches of snow. It is snow. Well, it may say winter as far as your temperature. Listen to him sign off. But believe it or not, it is spring. Just hang <laughs> on. I'm Al Roker. I'm Al Roker. I've never yeah. heard him sound like that. Oh, Granted, good I used stuff. To work with them at like 6 hey, so. I, I think with all the at home work and we're all doing, I think yeah. we all find times to be in the bag. But if you're in the I, bag at 6 a.m., God bless you. I am right, right now. <laughs> right. All right, Serena. All right. It is weather tools time. This is where we are able to find pictures or videos of people doing some, well, to be honest, kind of stupid stuff. Um, in certain weather situations. Now, today for Weather Fools, I've brought a clip that um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, and that and, and that is well, people slipping Ooh. on the ice, but not oh, only yeah. when they slip on the ice, but when they lose their shoes. Oh. <laughs> oh. When they lose their wow. shoes. It just Whoa. gets me. And it just, if you pay extra attention, he even has a oh. coffee. And that's oh, no. Did you see how close his head even... came to, to the, the to the retaining talent? Kitty wall talent. Yeah. Oh my wow. god! Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, it was inches. Yeah. So that could have killed him. Safe. Yeah, we're glad he's alive because it's it's very funny. You are a sick <laughs> woman, Serena. <laughs> <laughs> So that with that, yeah, so who, uh, let's see, how about uh, Jennifer? Want to go on with your weather fool for the night? Yeah, so mine's not as funny. Um, it's more <laughs> <laughs> it's more serious. Um, and it was actually due to blizzard conditions, whiteout conditions in Iowa on today? I-80. This is today. Wow. Um, this is hours ago. So this is a cop car actually involved in this massive pileup. So I kind of have two tweets, but I'm going to show this one where you see the video right there with wow. massive 18-wheelers wow. sliding. And it's just no matter how many times people say it, it's like like don't drive through flooded water. Slow down when it's like snowing and winter. Yes. And but I got ice. an SUV, I can plow through it. Yeah, right. exactly. Can't plow through a semi. And look at all those trucks, though. I mean, that's oh my God. I would say at least wow. uh, eight, ten semis. Oh, there's there. a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody it, can walk along the highway, nobody's moving. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. <laughs> It's I feel like this bad. is so typical for I-82. It's like this happens so many times every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for some reason, it's just people. Mem people I have short memories, Jen. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So, yeah, those are that. Those are two of my weather fools. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I think, Dina, you had. Yeah, I've got one. Tonight? 
Uh, so this guy is his catch me sailing these extreme wind gusts. So it says 110 kilometers an hour wind gusts. That's about almost 70 miles an hour. Oh, so this guy, this guy's sail. from my city. YQR Holy is my shit. city. Yeah. yeah. Saskatchewan. So he pretty much <laughs> makes like, I don't What's know if on? it's like a surfboard or a board and like he a makes, win? and they're garbage yeah. bags. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he's he's sailing with garbage bags he's on a surfboard. Sailing that... with garbage bag. Like you gotta be bored. Nice. But I mean, kind of hilarious. I think I'm it's impressed. I, yeah. I kind of love that and kind of want to try it actually. I know. I it's one of those things that's the fine line between weather fools and weather fun. Just so you know, that storm cost me about $600 because I lost a ton of shingles off my roof. Oh, you oh, did? Wow. Oh, no. no. Sorry. Anyway, Grace. I thought it was funny, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to get hurt <laughs> and do something stupid. But, you know. That's hilarious, Tina. That That's was a good I love one. that. I think I found that a while ago and saved it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Um, so, oh, <laughs> And if you guys want to watch these again, you can find them on episode 124 of your show notes or your podcast. And and I, I got three, too, though. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold yeah, on, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we got to get filling. Yeah, you yep. always have, like, All right. So, so this is uh, Twitter, Jason Alexander. Uh, this, this had to have been somewhere, I think, in Europe. But, of course, it's a hill with snow. And you always know those are two good things that combine for amazing, amazing situations. Oh, and wow. so there's, these oh. these, there's oh. one car coming very slow down the hill. Oh. And then a car right behind him is not going so slow. Oh, oh, geez. oh no! Oh no! Did and he try to pass? he's going down this residential street, hitting pretty much every car there is to hit. It's like <laughs> oh, Talladega wow. Nights. Bounces oh, back and God. forth, one side Ooh. to the other. In, now, in wait a second. Snow. You said that was Jason Alexander. Uh, yeah, it was no, it was himself, his right? tweet. No. Mr. Jason it's Alex. It's not what, the Jason that, Alexander from Seinfeld. Isn't that what no. I was going to say? Isn't that the Seinfeld no. guy? No, 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 no. That, that not, guy does not, not the same guy. guy. Yeah. All right, <laughs> next one. South Dakota Highway Patrol. This was in January. And uh, this, this was uh, extremely high winds. So th there was, uh, this was mid-January, huge wind warnings uh, going all over the northern plains and everything else. And, and these are pictures from the South Dakota Highway Patrol of semi-trucks, uh, uh, pickup trucks with trailers that are all tipped over and are all because of the wind, right? The wind just kind of blew them all over. And to me, it's like, come on. Now, if you know there's wind warnings and you know it's really windy, do you want to be on a wide open interstate, you know, with, with something that's got such a high profile like with that? High profile. Phil, the Dakotas are... A wide open interstate. Yeah, well, you know, like, where are you gonna go if you're in the Dakotas? You know, these just guys just didn't have win. that that app that take you know, a day off. Yeah, it's true. They didn't have the Red, Red Cross, Cross app. app. Yeah, that's or the atmosphere idea. weather app. Yeah, yeah they had no yeah. idea. No. All right, and then the last one, uh, of course, that nothing nothing more enjoyable than this is a Halifax double decker bus on a snowy hill. <laughs> so there's oh. there's another amazing combination. Oh no! Of a oh, double-decker no. bus oh, oh, going down the a car is taking out him? everything in the He's road. He's taking up the whole road <laughs> when he goes sideways. So how did he not tip over? I mean, with that yeah. is amazing. That is a double-decker bus imagine. going sideways down a hill. How does look it at the not guy follow? in the pickup truck backing up like, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be horrible. Seeing it coming at you, you're like, oh my god, that's terrifying. Right. If I was Ooh. on there, I'd be terrified. That's Winter weather is so fun, Phil. 
<laughs> it is. It is. All right. So, uh, so that like like Dina said, uh, episode one twenty four show notes. Mm-hmm. You can find those at uh, stormfrontfreaks.com. Or you can find it a lot of times on your uh, your weather app, or not your weather app, but your uh, podcast app you're listening to us on. Um, so, all right, Dina. So, uh, WX Resources is kind of where we get together and we find some cool apps or websites or something we want to share with you with cool weather. Um, I'll just start it. Uh, and this one is a National Weather Service weather and hazards data viewer. And I love this because it's very interactive. You get all your weather hazards, your watches and warnings. Uh, you could do severe flash flooding, but you can overlay things like radar uh, forecast, precip, even fire. And it's really nice. Um, I like this. You can see the blizzard warnings. You can click on it. It gives you the information. Mm. Um, I use this on a daily basis now. Um, and I would really, um, pretty much recommend it if you're into weather at all. Um, it's through the national weather service. It's easier just to Google it national weather service, weather and hazards data viewer, and that'll find it. Cause the, the link is long, but, um, if you like that, you want to see it, it's free. Check it out. I'll tell you what national weather service has got a lot of hidden gems like they that, do. that you have no idea about. And you just kind of stumble upon them. And I find so much stuff with the people I work with and I'm like, wait, what is that? How did I have not? How have I not been using this? So. I got a bookmark now. Yeah, bookmark it. All right, Jen, you have a weather resource too, right? I do. Um, and if you are ever sharing my screen, yes, perfect. Um, okay, so this is um, this is from NOAA. This is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration Science on a Sphere. So if anyone wants to super geek out, or maybe if you're homeschooling, this is such a fun resource because you click one of these squares, right? Um, Let me do it right here for you. And so it kind of breaks things down and talks about like black carbon, um, chemical models, a global tour of precipitation, all sorts of different things in each of those categories. Um, And you actually just click there uh, click on the little player button and it'll walk you through kind of a, a whole thing. And I won't actually play it because, um, there's a voice, but she explains the whole global tour of precipitation. Oh, that's neat. And so, so going back to, I'm going to flip back here. So there's different things on water, snow and ice, people, space, land, um, all sorts of new things that they're doing, but it's a, a neat visual way, kind of like a 3D way to see it and to learn more about it. So I thought it would be fun for the weather geek in all of us. That is cool, Jen. Yeah. Thanks. Very cool. Like all right. Uh, Serena, you have a WX resource, correct? I do. And so I will try to make mine kind of match um, our guest today. And, you know, we were talking about talking about climate to kids and stuff. Um, and so I was looking for a place where I could teach my kids about climate where it's not going to scare the bejesus out of them, um, <laughs> but help answer some of the questions they have. Like, I don't want them to be fearful. I just want them to kind of get it. So um, NASA has a website, Climate Kids. 
um, that you can go through and find a ton of information. And it's like an overview on climate. It answers questions. It talks about the difference between weather and climate, which I personally think is really, really important. Um, so it's a great resource for kids that's friendly um, to help, you know, parents talk to their kids about this kind of stuff. That's awesome. Great. You know, you can, also, you can also sit down with the kiddos and watch The Day After Tomorrow. It's always uh, <laughs> That's fun. real educational and fun uh, exciting. I love All right, it. Bill, why don't you uh, wrap it up there? All right. Uh, I, I've got two for you. One first one's kind of fun and serious. Um, and, Greg, you might know about this, and if you don't, you should. Uh, Stone, uh, right. Stone. Stormphotocontest.com. Stormphotocontest.com. This is the first year they're doing this. Uh, but it's basically Storm Photos of the Year and Storm Photographer of the Year. Uh, this The contest is open between February 1st and February 28th right of this year. Great. And so if you go, get in on that. Yeah, if you Absolutely. go to their website, you can enter photos, um, and they have to be from 2020. And you could also enter a number of photos if you want to um, uh, combine for uh, photographer of the Storm Photographer of the Year. So uh, you can put in a photo for 10 bucks. I think I'm probably going to give them 10 bucks, you know, so they could probably use it for something. And, and Phil, did you mention that Michael Binsky is uh, involved in this? I, I did not, but yes, I, I did know that he was involved in this. But yeah, so it's, it's really kind of a neat thing. There's a $750 grand prize for both of those uh, winners, Storm Photo of the Year and Photographer of the Year. And uh, second and third place prizes as well. But I, I'm just excited about it because you know darn well there's going to be some great stuff that comes out of this yeah. uh, from people people entering. Now, 2020 wasn't the greatest year for maybe tornadoes necessarily, but certainly there's some great storm structure and everything else. Well, so they made it pretty good. clear, too, in the rules that uh, the idea is not to have, uh, you know, just tornado photos. Yep. You know, if it's the world's greatest rainbow photo, it's got a chance of winning. It, it, yeah, just, has, it just has to relate to storms, and I think that's what we're all in love with. And weather. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's oh pretty God. cool. All right, and then the second one, uh, because uh, David Pogue was our guest here tonight and had his book, <laughs> How to Prepare for Climate Change. Uh, I'm going to talk about how to survive Sharknado and other unnatural disasters. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is another book uh, that is out there. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, wow. but how to survive a Sharknado. Well, Phil, this one is actually really cheap to buy, too, which is amazing. Box. That's hilarious. Like, dino like, shark. There's, yeah, pages, a dino shark, a boracane, whatever that is, ice twister, that what to look out hilarious. for. I can't uh, believe it's a book. But it's, uh, it, it looks really cool. I've always had it in my, uh, my list. But I think I've had it in my list for like six years. <laughs> I've never oh actually, <laughs> actually bought it, but I might be tempted to actually do it this year. We'll see. Oh, my God. Even look at the description, though. In the apocalyptic world we live in, Mother Nature is angry. Danger right. waits at every yeah. turn. And catastrophe is like, pissed. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> Too many lives have already been lost. Let's change that, right? Was that all the ones you had, Phil? That was it. Those you two. come with some. Yeah. All right. So if you want to find any of those... Uh, Check out the Stormfront Freaks episode 124. Show notes are on your podcast app. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. MJ, yeah. anything in the box? 
Yeah, well, you know what? I, I had a actual a, actually a contribution to Weather Resources that I'll nice. use now because it was a, a listener con, uh, contributor. Uh, SWX Clicks said they have not heard one mention this one yet, and I'll throw this up there. It is uh, Zoom Earth, uh, and it's just zoom.earth, and it's a, it's a satellite, right? And you go, well, great, it's a, it's a satellite. But what's kind of cool is, of course, you can zoom in anywhere you want, uh, very easily and move around, which is really cool. Wow, but what I neat. think is, but what I think is really cool about it is you can go back in time. You can hop in the wayback machine and say, I want to see That's what it fun. was like yeah. back in, <laughs> oh, let's say January 29th at nine o'clock. Uh, I'm curious or, how far it goes back. Agreed. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Cause I haven't looked that, that yeah. much, but you know, and then it changes. Of course it, it's, it's quite a, a nice site. Um, but you know, again, MJ, you can... even, even, even if just looking at what was it like this morning, that's hard to find. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And like uh, one of the buttons over on the side, you could maybe, it, what's the arrow, the one up from that? Like it looks that's like a share. You, yep. Uh, you, yeah. You, I'm you wondering can. like if you can loop it and share it. You that's can cool. share it to Facebook, WhatsApp, yeah. Twitter, LinkedIn, all those kinds of places, which is kind of cool. That's uh, so it cool. also has measuring tools so you can measure yeah, distance, nice. see how wide a storm is, or you that's can do epic. an area to see what the area that the storm covers uh, is. So oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, it's a very cool resource. It's zoom.earth. So we want to thank SWX Clicks for uh, yeah, giving thank us you. That. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That is cool. really cool. If I can figure out how to stop my screen. There I go. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we also had some other folks check in with us. Laura MCD uh, was looking forward to our day after tomorrow uh, movie commentary. Said, uh, amazing. I hope it's as fun as Twister. I really enjoyed watching that one with a glass of whiskey and you folks in one ear. Nice. <laughs> so hopefully, awesome. uh, hopefully Laura enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the, the second episode there. Uh, 706 Curtis, I think uh, Curtis is with us tonight, said, yeah. well done tonight. Uh, he, he was watching the uh, day after tomorrow. Says it was a pile of fun. Keep up the great work. Anyone who sees this, I would highly recommend visiting the Patreon page and jumping on board. Thanks, so thank Curtis. you, Curtis, for oh, that. that. Uh, and then one more, uh, Jim Frank, who goes by Twister Jim 3, takes us into the way uh, on a trip on the Wayback Machine where he says, just listened to At Stormfront Freak episode 65 with Rick Reichmuth. Boys being boys, go to the lightning round segment. I needed some good laughs in that. <laughs> nice. That was a year ago today, February 4th. It came up on my ah, Facebook memories. It was a year go. ago today. So uh, uh, 65, 65, though, that, that was more than a year ago. So if you had oh, Rick on a couple times? Yeah, we're on. We had him on twice. Rick, Rick's been on twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah. The most recent time was a year ago today. And I that, that might have been, I don't know if that was the burger positions lightning round where... <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's that's, that's what we've got in the fan box. Um, that was a lot. Thanks. Yeah, make sure everybody. you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Awesome. Very good. Well, I think that just about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. So thanks for listening and watching. And, and as always, before I get to our next guest and announce who that's going to be, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show so you get notified and you receive the latest episodes. They get delivered right to your inbox the moment we release that. So if you have a podcast player 
and you you follow or you subscribe. Uh, it just makes sure that the minute we release a new episode, it'll pull up on your podcast player so you know you got something new to listen to. Uh, as mentioned, also visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. You can check out all the ways you can support us and how we can do more with you, like the live raw recordings like we're doing tonight. You can chat with us. Uh, we've got monthly virtual happy hours, which have always been fun. And uh, you can even join us and our guests in the green room of our show recordings. But uh, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. And, and those of you that are supporting us, again, thank you very much for that. Uh, special thanks, David Pope. Tonight was a lot of fun. You know, let's be honest. I really think this is one of the first times we had somebody on talking about and he climate, was so much fun. Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. Dude, that, that, and, and I, I'm not going to assume that that's how they're always going to go. Yeah. <laughs> no. But that, no. that was good. You know, I, I was interesting. He, he blew my mind on a couple things. Yeah. So. And, that, and it is a great book. It's a great book. So yeah. People should, people yeah. Should take a look yeah. That, that, that was sure. a lot of fun. So, all right. Our next episode, we're going to be back in two weeks. We're recording live and raw on February 18th with, get this, the British owner of Storm Hour. So Mark Boardman, he's going to be joining us from across the pond. The first time we've had someone from England on with us. Nice. It's going to be like, oh, dark hundred for him when, when we record. <laughs> uh, but but that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, Storm Hour uh, is, is a great website and follow them on, on any of the social media accounts because they're always uh, reposting some great video, storm video, storm photos stuff like that so it'll be fun to talk to him but i think that's it for mj jen greg dean and serena i like those two names uh i'm gonna go ahead and signal the all clear and we will get we'll catch you guys next time so good night Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.